everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Well, good morning. Uh, you know, as Pastor Jason was saying, you know, it is so good that we have these events. They do help with connecting, making connections with one another. Uh, there's nothing like serving with each other, shoulder to shoulder, side by side. Uh, and, and the goal, our our ambition is is we're we're a missional church that's what we're, our our ambition is uh, so some of our really our bread and butter uh, for opportunities for us to be able to share uh, the message of Jesus are these events so we that's why we participate with the community uh, we want to serve our community and so Memorial Day is that opportunity Memorial Day for us is we are on mission and we we do invite uh, people to these events we we want them to come why why because we we want to have just like hundreds of kids in the room, yeah, we do, for the reason of, so that we can share Jesus with them. That's the goal. That's our, uh, that's our, that's our, what we, what we want to be about. So, um, so you, your, your participation in these events, Memorial Day, uh, Adventure Week, Day Camp, um, again, this is not for us. Day Camp is not for you to, to come in and have fun, even though, like Pastor Jason said, looks like a lot of fun things. This is for you to be able to serve our community, serve people uh, that, that we, that we we do life with and we live with in this community. So, um, so we, we, um, the, I say it this way, God doesn't need you, but we do. <laughs> God doesn't need you, but we do. We, we need your help. So if you are able to help us out, uh, with, uh, any of these, any of these events and, and like Pastor Jason mentioned, Holly, uh, is here. Holly, can I embarrass you for a second? Stand up. I, I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to ask you. So that's Holly. Yep. But yeah, everybody's clapping for you. They don't know why. They don't know why. Uh, okay, Holly, you can sit down, Holly. So Holly is leading the charge on these events, and she's, uh, she, she's sort of like our uh, college uh, intern kind of a person. Uh, she's phenomenal, fantastic. She's great, uh, working so hard for us, so we're so happy to have her as a part of um, our team uh, this summer. And so, um, so that we're, we're excited. So, so encourage her, um, help her, say, walk up to her after afterwards and say, Holly, what can I do to help you? How can I help you succeed? How can I be an encouragement to you? How can I bless your life? Like, and you know, you, so I, I would encourage you to do that. Okay. All right. What are we here for? Oh yeah, let's hear, let's go open up the Word of God. All right, let's open up the Word of God. All right. Uh, so we're talking about Haggai and Haggai was uh, known as a, uh, a minor prophet. And the reason why they were called a minor prophet is because they just wrote, you know, short little books addressing the nation of Israel at a particular time. Um, and so he, he just came along. I mean, he, he, he was, a, it was a, it's a short little letter, short little book, but it packed a big, big, Punch, and I think there's some uh, messages that were for God's people at that time, particular time. But there's also messages for God's people in this time, as well. And the overarching theme for Haggai, and if you're thinking about Haggai, uh, hopefully, hopefully you're thinking about you, you, you're thinking about you. Like, wh- what was Haggai like? What, what I, what do I need to be like? What do I need to do? What did Haggai encourage God's people to do? What do I need to do? Um, so that's what we call it, Haggai and I. Haggai and I. Like, what is, what is it that God wants? And what the overarching theme for this book is for you and for me to consider our ways, 
to consider some things about our life, how we have relationships, how we handle our finances, how we go about our careers, how, how we be, participate and in, in, in be a part of you know, church and what does it mean to be the church and all these things in our life that we are you know, raising kids and having marriages and, and, and being a grandparent and, and you know, retirement, all the things in life. There's lessons to be learned in Haggai. In Haggai. And, and he, he's asking us to consider our ways. He's asking you to consider your ways. And so we're going to pick it up where we left off, left off last week. And um, basically what's, what's happening is, is that, you know, Haggai's preaching a message. He, he gave um, four messages. He gave four different messages over a period of time, not a long period of time, just within a couple month period of time uh, where he was just encouraging God's people to consider their ways, consider their ways, consider their ways. And so he's saying that the latter glory of this house, so again, um, just a reminder, we're, we're, they were that their temple got destroyed because the Babylonians came in. So Solomon's beautiful, glorious, uh, immaculate temple got destroyed by the Babylonians. The people of God were taken into captivity, taken into exile. And they were now, you know, 60, 70 years have gone by. They're now allowed to go back to Jerusalem. And, and the first mandate was rebuild the temple, rebuild the temple, rebuild the temple. And so they started rebuilding the temple and it took them some encouragement, some motivation some inspiration to, to do that. And so they, once they started going, they were realizing, boy, this temple is just not what it, like it was. This temple that we're building, it's not like it, like it was. And God's saying, listen, it may not be like it used to be, but it still serves the same purpose. It may not be how beautiful and glorious as it once was with Solomon, but that's not really what I want. I just, I just want you to know uh, that this temple can still serve the same purposes that a temple is supposed to serve. But this is also a picture of the new covenant temple, the New Testament temple, the, the new promises that God made, not for one nation, but for all nations. And that's including you and me. And the new temple is this. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. That's the temple. The, the, Paul says it this way, that you are, you are the temple of God, that the power of God, the presence of God comes and resides in you. And that's why he's saying the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. The, the new temple will be greater than the former, says the Lord of armies. And in this place, and in this place, I will give you peace, declared the Lord of armies. Now, that's good news for us. When we realize that God is in the business of transformation, that God is in the business of changing things, that God is in the business of when we decide to consider our ways, that God has an incredible purpose and plan for, for our lives, then he, you'll, you'll discover that in this place that God has for you, that in this place where God wants you to be, there will be peace. There will be peace. Now, while Haggai is addressing the people of God, while Haggai is addressing the people of God, um, God raises up another prophet to come alongside of him and speak to God's people. So now God's going, I mean, I don't know if my people are getting this or hearing this or are in tune to this. I need to now bring in another preacher. 
You know, you know things get bad, you know, when you, you have to bring in a second preacher, okay? Like, it'd be like me going, okay, I'm, I'm going to be done here at 11.30, and then at 12 o'clock, another, Pastor Jason's coming in and giving you another message, and you need to stay. For, you need to stick around. That's when you know things are getting bad. And so they, they bring in another preacher. So this is Zechariah. He's coming in now, and this is around the same time, addressing the same people, and look at he says, this is what the Lord of armies says. Return to me, declares the Lord of armies, that I may return to you, says the Lord of armies. Are you picking up on a theme here? Anybody picking up on a theme? Do not be like your fathers. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets proclaim saying, this is what the Lord of armies says. Return now from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not Listen, that's why they had to bring in another preacher. They did not listen. They did not listen, but they did not listen. Or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. And so Haggai's messages, come on, you got to get back into the good standing with God. Zechariah's messages now, come on, you got to get back and get into good standing with God. You need to consider your ways. You need to get back into where God wants you to be because, because in that place, in that place, you're going to have peace. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of place where I want to live. Anybody? In that place, you're going to have peace. And God loves you enough to say, hey, I got, I got one preacher and then I got another preacher and I just want you to hear this message. I need you to pay attention. I need you to stop doing what your fathers did. You know why? Because what your fathers did got them into exile. What your fathers did is the reason why, you know, God allowed the Babylonians to come in and to overtake God's people and to bring them as captives to a foreign land. They got displaced. They got disconnected. They got separated from their family. And God's going, I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to feel displaced. I don't want you to feel disconnected to God. I don't want you to find yourself in a place in your life where you're going, I don't know how I got here. Instead, I want you to find that place where there's peace, where there's peace. So, first observation from Haggai and from Zechariah is this, and this is what we are as a people. We need to be a soldier in the service. We need to be a soldier in the service. Did you see how many times it said the Lord of armies, the Lord of armies, the Lord of armies? I mean, it says it all in Haggai. It said it all in Zechariah. The Lord of armies, the Lord of armies. Why? Because you and I are soldiers in the service. Now, a soldier's job, a soldier's job is to keep the peace for their people, put on the armor so put on the armor of God, right? You remember the armor of God in Ephesians 6, right? There, that there is an enemy, big E enemy. Listen, your neighbor is not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy, okay? Like that, that old class is not your enemy. That person on social media that doesn't agree with you is not your enemy. Big E enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you call him, right? 
Put on the armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation, right? We gotta put on the helmet of salvation. We gotta, we gotta hold up the shield of faith. Why? Because the enemy's lies are firing at us and we gotta hold up the shield of faith, right? We gotta put on the, the belt of truth, right? We gotta know that there's absolute truth in this world. And Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. We gotta put on the belt of truth, right? We gotta have, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we, we put on the, the shoes of the gospel of peace as we go. And, and so he's saying, listen, here's what a soldier's job is. And Paul describes followers of Jesus as soldiers. We keep the peace for their people and they put on the armor and they go to war. They go to war against principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. There's so much more going on here than what we see in the physical. There is a spiritual warfare, warfare that is happening that is going after. The enemy is going after your marriage. The enemy is going after your kids. The enemy is going after your character. The, en the enemy is, is going after your morals. The enemy is going after everything good and positive and good in your life. He's going after it. He, his ma mantra is, I'm here to steal, kill, destroy. That, if that's a business card on the devil's, you know, account. He's like, I'm here to steal, kill, destroy. That's what he wants for all of us. And we need to soldier up. We need to soldier up. Jesus said this, this, in this way. He, he talks about the church. He talks about the church and he's saying, listen, the, the one, one day the church is going to rise up, rise up and they're going to be filled with the spirit of God and, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, and I'm telling you, the, the church is a force to be reckoned with. You know, spiritual warfare, principalities, powers of this world, man, they're, they're, they're scared of the church. They're scared of the church. Here's what Jesus said to Peter. Here's what he said. He says, and also I say to you, Peter, that upon this rock, what, what does he mean by rock? Well, just before that, Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the Christ, the Son of God. That's the rock. Jesus saying, upon this rock, upon that statement that Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my, and that word is ecclesia. Ecclesia means a gathering of people, a gathering of people that are, you know, inspired by God, filled with the spirit of God. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Amen. He said, you know, and, and again, when we look at that, we think, well, God put gates up for me. That God is going to raise up this ecclesia and we're going to stand on this rock called that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And that God is going to protect me and he's going to put these gates up in front of me. That's a false understanding of what Jesus is talking about. That Jesus did not put up gates for you. He did not put up gates for you so that hell and, and the power of hell can't attack you. Because here's what we already know. We feel attacked. We get attacked. Anybody? Yes. yes. We, we, we know that the enemy's going after it. Listen, but Jesus is going, if you are the church, if you are the church, 
the kingdom of Hades or the kingdom of hell can't keep you out. So it's not about, Jesus is saying, when I'm thinking about the church, I'm not thinking about I'm going to put up you know, gates and protective guardrails so that they don't get attacked. No, Jesus is saying, here's what the church needs to know. This ecclesia, this, this gathering, this body of, of Christ on mission, that the church is going after the gates of hell. And when we are going into the kingdom of hell, they can't stop you. They can't stop you. It's not about them coming after us. It's about you going after them. It's about you going after the spiritual warfare of this world. So uh, last week, my neighbor was milling around the neighborhood as she does. And uh, Carol was, uh, I saw her, I was cutting the grass and she was at a neighbor's house and she was walking over to me and I turned the lawnmower off and she ha- she's holding a t-shirt uh, in, her, in her hand. And she, she said, she said, honey, which, which I prefer. I prefer that over PC or Pastor Chris or like she says, honey, I got to show you this shirt that my friend got me. Okay. So she's, I, she shows me this shirt. Don't put it up yet, Lauren. So she, she shows me this shirt and she, and, and she shows it to me. I said, can I wear that? And she goes, yeah. I go, that's my message next Sunday. That's what I want to talk about next Sunday. She goes, she goes, yeah, you can, you can wear it. And so she, she got me, she, she's let, I'm, it's not mine. She didn't give it to me yet. It's, on a, it's a loner. She wants it back. I'll have to wash it first though, for sure, for sure. Okay. Here's the shirt that she showed me. All right. Let's put it up on the screen just so now I can see it. Here's what it said. The, de- the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. Today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. Right? It's now time to get down to business, church. You filled with the spirit, the power of God. The Bible says greater is in you than he, the enemy, who is in the world. When you put on that armor, you put on that that helmet of salvation, and you pick up that shield of faith, and you wield that sword of the Spirit called the Word of God, and you put on that belt of truth, and you shod, King James Version, shod your feet with the gospel of peace— The enemy can't hold you back. The gates of hell will not stand. That's you. You're a soldier in the service. And you are, you are the storm for the enemy. You are the storm. Here's what Paul says. Look what he says this way. The God of peace, the God of peace will soon Crush Satan under your feet. It's under your feet. You are a soldier. 
in the army of the Lord. And no gates, no gates that Hades, hell can put up can stop you and me, us together collectively against it. And one day the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet because you're the storm. You're the storm. Number two, number two. We need to be sower in the, sea, in the soil. We need to be a sower in the soil, a sower in the soil. So we're a soldier, we're a soldier in service, but we need to be a sower into the soil. Here's where we get that from. The Lord of armies says this. Now ask the priests for a ruling, okay? Now, it's gonna get weird for a second if it hasn't already gotten. Now, so, so Haggai's going, okay, we gotta get a ruling. Bring in the priest. The priest is gonna tell us what the, what the ruling is on, on these statements. Here's what they say. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches bread with this fold or touches cooked food, wine, oil, or any other food, will it become holy? And the priest is thinking about that, which he's going, okay, so if somebody has holy meat in the fold of their garment and it touches bread and any other kind of meats, or maybe, I don't know, like oil. I didn't bring any wine with me. I'm trying to think, oh yeah, hold on. I got some more meat in my pocket. If the holy meat, so let's just say this is the holy meat. It's a burger. I like burgers. If the holy meat touches bread or any other kinds of meats or, or oil or wine, will it become holy? And the priest is like, um, no, no. And then he asks another question. Then Haggai said, if one who is unclean from a corpse touches any of these things, will the latter become unclean? And the priest answered, it will become unclean. So in other words, th let me just try to explain, okay? Let me try to explain. Holy meat, okay? Now, I highlighted M-E for a reason because he's talking about me and he's talking about you. It's a, it's a picture, it's an analogy, it's an illustration, right? So this holy meat is actually me. And it's, and it's you. And what he's saying is this, can this, can this holy meat, in other words, holy meat uh, was, was a picture of representation of that it was set apart for a sacred use. 
So you and I, if you, if you know Jesus, the spirit of God is, is in you, the power of God is in you, that you are a part of the church of God, that you are a force to be reckoned with, that you are, according to the scripture, that you are holy, that you are sanctified, that you are set apart, that you are unblemished, you are above reproach. This is what the, which is what the scripture says about you. It's, and, and, and you know that it had nothing to do with your holiness, and that it has everything to do with the holiness of Jesus for you. That G- Jesus took your unholiness and he gave us his holiness in exchange, right? And the only thing that makes you holy is because of the work of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus on a cross. It's the only thing that makes you holy. But when you receive that finished work of Jesus on a cross, you become holy. You're holy. You're a saint. You're like, I ain't no saint. And I know I feel that too. But in the eyes of God, if you receive Jesus, you are a saint. You are sacred. You are holy. And you're set apart. You're set apart for a sacred use. So in other words, here's what he's asking. Will holy me make something holy by contact with that holy me? And the answer is no. Or, and then he says, can holy me be unholy by indulging in unholy things? The answer is yes. I got another example. Maybe this, maybe this one will be clearer. So, I got some freshly cooked bacon. Is there anything more holy than fre- fresh made <laughs> bacon? Does anything, any other meat make you close, feel like you're closer to God than just some <laughs> amazing bacon? I, I, I literally made it this morning. <laughs> at the time, which is the, the irony here, at the time, Haggai would say this, he would say, this is the most unholy of meats. <laughs> But aren't you glad Jesus redeemed it? And he said, no food is unholy. Aren't you, you can give the round of applause for that. Because of Jesus, you can eat bacon. I thought, I, I thought I'd get everybody standing on that one. I thought, I thought everybody would be like, praise the Lord. Let's bring John back up to do a song. As much as I love bacon... And as much as you love bacon, if I consume this whole plate of bacon, is that good for me or bad for me? (laughs) I mean, I'm holy. I'm holy meat. You mean I can't put in this pile of bacon into me, holy meat, and it will then make this meat Holy? No. As much as I would love to do that, and I'm praying that that's what heaven is like, that heaven is like I can just eat this whole plate of bacon and still be ripped. 
But it doesn't work that way, does it? If I ate this whole plate of bacon, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And so would you. Can holy meat be unholy though? By indulging in unholy things? Yeah. Yeah. So Haggai goes on to say, now I just have this plate of bacon. He's saying, okay, consider your ways. So consider your ways. He says, Haggai responded and said, so is this people, so is this people, so is this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so is every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. So he's talking about us. He's talking about us. You, just because you're holy and you indulge in something doesn't make that thing now holy. No. When you indulge in something unholy, that's what makes us unholy and unclean. So, like I said, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Set your mind to it because he's talking about us. Haggai says this, but now consider, again, consider your ways. Now consider from this day onward before one stone was placed on another in the temple of the Lord. So he's saying, look it, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think back. I want you to think back. Next verse, verse 16. From that time, when one came to a grain heap of 20 measures, there would be only 10. And when one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there would only be 20. So he's, he's reminded them, listen, you remember, Think back before you started building the wall. So he's reminding them like a few months ago, remember before you started building the wall that you would, you know, sow seed. So he's telling them, yeah, that, 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 stay right there. Go back. There we go. He says, remember you, would, you came and you would sow seed of grain and you thought you would heap 20 measures, but it really you only did, got 10. And remember you came to draw from the wine, but you thought you'd get 50 measures, but you only got 20. He's like, I want you to think back. The next slide, Lauren. Think back, think back. And here's what he's reminding them of as they thought back. Here's what he's reminding them. And, and Zechariah reminded them of this before too. He says, hey, remember your fathers? You remember what happened to them? When they turned away from God, when they started in un, indulging in unholy things, what happened to them? They got exiled. They started indulging in the things that they know that they shouldn't be indulging in. And they got exiled because of it. So in other words, here's what Haggai is saying, and here's what Zechariah was saying, and here's what God is saying to you and to me. We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. And if you, if you and I think back in, in our lives and we think back of all the times we're discouraged, we're disappointed, we feel like we're disconnected, we feel like things aren't just working right, we feel like God isn't really blessing what we're doing. If we think back, if we're honest, we'll realize that we just reaped what we sowed. It's a law of God. It's a law of God. Paul says it this way. Or excuse me. Yeah, so Haggai's reminded him. Remember this in, in, in chapter one? You have sown much only to harvest little. 
You have sown much, but you only harvested little. You eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there's not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but there is not enough for anyone to get warm. And the one who earns, earns wages to put into a money bag full of holes. Right? He's reminded them, thinking back. You remember? You sowed much, but you harvested little. You ate enough to be what you thought would be satisfied, and it just wasn't enough. So here's what Paul says in Galatians. He says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. It's a law of nature. It's the law of God. When we sow into unholy things, we will reap what we sow. If I sowed into this big plate of bacon, I will definitely reap problems. This is what he's reminding us of. He says, you think you're getting away with it? You think you keep sowing into things that are not good for you? Not good for your mind? Not good for your heart? Not good for your emotions? Not good for your body? You think, you think, you can, you think you're getting away with it? Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. There's a law of the harvest. There's laws of God. Whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. Then he goes on to say this. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. He, he says this also, he says this in Galatians 5, 17. For the desire of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. You say, what is the flesh? What is he talking about when he says the, the flesh? What does that mean? The flesh is our carnal nature. The flesh is so natural for us to sow into things that are completely and utterly destructive to our life. It's our natural man. There's this built-in natural fail mechanism in all of us. It's all built in. It's, a, it's built in so that we won't succeed unless, unless we have the Spirit of God. You'll never please God without the Spirit of God. No matter how much you do, no matter how much you work, no matter how many things you, you go to or part of, you'll never please God without the Spirit of God. The flesh is your natural, carnal desires. And the Spirit are, and, and the flesh are in opposition to keep you and me from doing whatever we want. And oftentimes, the things that we want to do are not good for us. It is so much easier for me to eat this plate of bacon than it is for me to go. I can't. Isn't it? It's so much easier for me to do that, to eat it. Jesus said this. 
Here's what Jesus talks about. He says, this is so important, so important, so important. So what is the soil? So if we're sowers in the soil, what is the soil? What is that? Like, what is it? Where, where is this? Where I'm sowing. I, I shouldn't sow the flesh. I shouldn't sow the flesh. I know that. The flesh is my carnal. It's easy for me to do that. I shouldn't do that. But where am I sowing it into? Well, here's what Jesus said of where we sow things that are either good for us or not good for us, whether the things of the spirit or the things of the flesh. Here's what Jesus said in Mark 7. So backstory quickly. The disciples were showing up to meals, not washing their hands. Now for you and for me, we go, gross, that's not sanitary. Wash your hands. Like there's diseases and there's viruses and there's things like wash your hands before you eat, right? We tell our kids to do this, right? They weren't doing that. Now, for them, it was a little bit different because it was a religious thing. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, what they called the ceremonial washing. So it was a religious thing before they, you know, they, they sat down for, for meals that they, was, they were ceremonially washing their hands, their impurities and all that stuff. It was, it was a religious thing. And so the religious guys were pulling Jesus off to the side and saying, hey, why aren't your guys washing their hands? Like, why are you telling your guys to do that? Like, it's a, this is a religious thing. You, you say you're from God and your, your followers aren't doing some things that God, we think God wants, you know, them to do. Why aren't they doing that? And so Jesus said, here's what Jesus said. So after he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, listen to me, listen to me, all of you and understand. Verse, next verse. There is nothing outside the person which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which come out of the person are what defile the person. And then look what he says. Because, because it does not go into his heart. But then he says something gross, but into his stomach and is eliminated. Here's where he says, therefore he declared all foods clean. Praise Jesus for that. <laughs> and they're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean it's not the external that makes you clean? It's not their hand washing that makes you clean, not only outwardly, but inwardly. And Jesus is going, no, 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 no. What goes in, that's not what defiles you. That's not what makes you unclean. It's what comes out of you. That's what makes you unclean. That's what defiles you. And it comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. And he goes on to say this. And he was saying, that which comes out of the person, that is what defiles the person, verse 21. For from within, out of the hearts, look at this, out of the hearts of people come evil thoughts, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, acts of adultery. Now, um, there is a, there's an old Chinese proverb. There's an old Chinese proverb, and here's what it says, and, and this is just reiterating what Jesus is talking about. Here's what the old Chinese proverb says. Watch your thoughts for they become words. Watch your words for they become 
actions. Watch your actions for they become habits. Watch your habits for they become character. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. And Jesus is going, hey, listen, listen, listen. If you're sowing the seed of the flesh and you're sowing it into your heart, then what's going to come out of you? What? Through your, through your words, through your actions, and then your actions will become habits and your habits will become then your character and then your character will be your destiny or your legacy. He says, so, so don't, don't, continue to sow into the flesh. Don't allow it to seep into your hearts. It begins with a thought, and then thoughts become words, and words become actions. And Jesus isn't even done. He says this, he says not only that, but deeds of greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. And then he says this, all these evil things come from within and that's what defiles the person. So when you think back in your life and if you're honest with yourself and you look yourself in the mirror, you'll say, you listen, I just reaped what I sowed. I indulged when I shouldn't have indulged. I thought things when I should have thought things. I acted on things when I should have acted on things. I said things that I'm not proud of. Anybody in the room said anything that you're not proud of? And you go, ooh. And you might ask the question, ooh, where did that come from? And Jesus would go, I know. I know where that came from. came from here. It came from your heart. It came from your heart. It came from within. So Haggai's going and he's telling, telling all of us, hey, you got to think back and don't be deceived. Listen to me. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. We reap what we sow. And it's going to come out in our words. And it's going to come out in our actions. So he's telling them now, do consider though. Here's what he's saying to us as we sort of land this thing. Do consider what? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Set your mind. Set your heart. Set your mind. Set your heart. Consider your ways from this day onward. In other words, okay, okay. You, you did the things in the past. You, 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 participate, you, you had these thoughts and you had these words and you had these actions and you found yourself in a place where you're just, you're not satisfied. You're not, you're not happy. You, you thought that it would be more, but it, it doesn't seem like it's enough. I don't have any peace. And Haggai's going, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But now I want you to consider from this day onward, from this day onward, and he gives the day, the day from the 24th day of the ninth month, the day when the temple of the Lord was founded. Consider, and then look what he says to them. Look what he says. He was, I want you to think ahead now. Every person in this room, he says, I want you to think ahead. What you did in the past, you sowed, you reaped, you harvest, you're not proud of, it's not enough, you're not at peace. Things are not working out the way that you want them to work out. But aren't you glad that we have a God of second chances, everybody? 
Come on, wherever you're at right now, wherever unfulfilled you feel, whatever unsatisfied you feel, wherever you feel like it's just not enough, today is the day to say, I'm thinking ahead now. I'm thinking ahead now. And then this is what he says. Is the seed still in the barn? Did that not just blow you away right there? Is the seed still in the barn? Even including the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree? I don't have any of these in my pocket. It has not produced fruit. Yet from this day, I will bless you. So he's talking about, is the seed still in the barn? He's, just, he's talking about producing fruit. And you know, you know, I gotta, I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. You know the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right, right, right? The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, right? And he's not done. He's, it's gentleness, it's self-control. And against such things, there is no law. In other words, if you do these things, you can't get arrested for them. You can write that down. That was really good. If you do these things, you won't get arrested. You'll never find yourself in jail if you love, if you have joy, if you have peace, you have gentleness, you have, you'll never, okay, all right, I gotta move on. But the question is, listen, this is what, this is what God wants us to produce. This is what God wants us to produce. Oh, 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 and by the way, by the way, this is what the enemy hates. This is warfare against the enemy. He does not want you to have love. He does not want you to have joy. He does not want you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have patience. He doesn't want you to have gentleness. He doesn't want you to have kindness. He doesn't want you to have self-control. And I don't know what I'm missing, but you get the point. He doesn't want you to have any of those things. And that's, that's when you're going to have your foot crushing the head of Satan when we do those things. So sow your seed into the good soil. Not the bad soil, the flesh, but the good soil. So the question for all of us is this. Is the seed still in the barn? Is the good seed, is the seed of the Spirit, is it still in the barn? You say, what is metaphorically the barn? I don't know. But whatever it is for you, you got to go and you need to get the good seed out of the barn. And sow it into the good soil of your heart. And then he says this, even including, now, even including, not just what Paul says in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, but even including, I don't know, things like, go ahead, good thoughts, forgiveness, holiness, generosity, purity, humility, sobriety, honesty, encouragement, some sensibility, It's time that we go and we get the good seed out of the barn. And we start sowing it into the soil of our hearts. Good thoughts, 
forgiveness, holiness, generosity, encouragement. And then you'll know, here's what you'll know, it has not produced fruit yet. It has not produced, you're like, ah, oh, when is it going to happen? Like I start sowing things of love and joy and peace and encouragement and purity and sobriety. And it hasn't produced yet. Yet. But the minute, but the minute you start sowing the good seed that you get from the barn, he says, from that day, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. From that day, I'll start blessing your life. I'll start doing things in your family, in your kids, your marriage, your finances, your career, your health. I'll, 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 I'll begin to produce, even when you don't see it working, even when you don't know how it's working, I will begin to start blessing your life when you sow the seed of the Spirit of God. So in other words, think ahead, think ahead. Get the seeds of blessings out of the barn and into the soil. And be patient. And be patient. It will eventually produce fruit. And, full circle, the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of armies. And in this place, in this place, I'll give you peace. When we sow the good seed, God's saying, in that place, I've got peace. I've got peace for you. Father, Lord, we, um, all of us have experienced attack, confusion, loss. God, we feel like we're, we are under attack constantly, wanting to do the right thing, but there's something inside of us that is pulling us away from doing that right thing. I just pray, Lord, that we know that we are your holy people, that you set us apart for a sacred use, that you call us your soldiers, and that every day, every day, every day is a fight, it's a battle to honor you, to live for you. It's a fight, it's a battle, and we are soldiers in the service. And whatever, whatever the enemy throws at us, we can fight back, and the gates of Hades cannot stop us cannot stop us. We're your soldiers. And we want to be sowers into the good soil of our hearts so that our words are loving words, that our actions are kindness, that, that our deeds are, are deeds of, of patience and joy and, 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 and gentleness and self-control. And all the other things included in that, like like forgiveness and purity and morality. Lord, all the things, God, that you want to produce in us because in that place, in that place, God, 
we experience and we see and we know your peace. God, we all long for that. We all need that. God, give us the strength. Give us the strength to not continue to keep sowing into things that are not good for us so we can have a life of peace with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.